Let's take a look at genetic inheritance in humans. So one of the topics we're going to look at is mutations. A mutation is a permanent change in the nucleide sequence of DNA. Mutations happen continuously and normally only slightly affect proteins or they don't affect them at all. Occasionally, a mutation may change the structure or the shape of a protein. This can cause some undesirable changes. The, the outcome of a mutation is almost always detrimental to protein function. And this is because a protein shape is so important to the way it works. For example, in enzymes, the substrate may no longer be able to bind to an active site, or in structural proteins, their strength may be reduced. And this is because so a mutation is to DNA, but then the order of bases in DNA is what determines the order that amino acids are put together to make a protein. So if you have a change to that sequence in DNA, it's going to have a it might have a change to that sequence of amino acids and then the final structure of the protein. More rarely, a mutation may give a survival advantage, such as resistance to an antibiotic in bacteria. And these mutations can be beneficial and can represent the foundation of evolution by natural selection. So, as we said before, a mutation is a permanent change in the DNA sequence of the nucleotides. And mutations can happen continuously, but in most cases, proteins are hardly affected, if at all. Because in DNA, not all of the DNA actually codes the protein. Lots of it is in non-coding regions, which can affect the rate at which proteins are produced or other factors. Or some areas, sometimes we call them junk and we don't even know what they do. So if it's in those areas, the mutation might not have an effect. And also, even if the mutation is in an area which is coding for a protein, sometimes different combinations of bases can produce the same amino acid. So you still might get the same structure of a protein. But occasionally, mutation may change the structure or the shape of the protein. And as we said before, this could be detrimental if the protein doesn't work properly, or it could be beneficial or give a survival advantage like resistance to an antibiotic or to a disease. Alleles are different forms of the same gene. Humans have pairs of every gene and in one gene, each half of the pair may have different alleles. People's characteristics are de determined by the alleles that they have. And these alleles can either be dominant or recessive. A dominant allele is always expressed, regardless of the identity of the other allele. So you only need one copy of a dominant allele for it to be expressed. And when we write these down, we'd write them in capital letters. For example, if you've got a gene, which is a B called B, um, so we also call these alleles B. So a person who has the alleles of capital B, capital B, would express that dominant allele. But also if they had a combination of dominant B, but then little b, the dominant allele would also be expressed. So for example, if capital B is the allele for brown eyes, when a person has a copy of the dominant B allele, they will have brown eyes, no matter what other allele is present. 
A recessive allele is only expressed if the other allele is also recessive. So if there's no dominant alleles present. And when we write this down, we'll write it as a lowercase letter, for example, little b. So you need two copies of that for it to be expressed. When we talk about the inheritance of characteristics, we use the words genotype and phenotype. The phenotype is an observed characteristic of an individual. And this is determined by the interaction between the genome and also the environment. For example, earlobes being attached or free hanging is an example of a phenotype where the alleles present will determine a characteristic unless the environment interferes. The genome refers to the combination of alleles that an organism has. If two alleles are different, we say that the person is heterozygous for that gene. If the two alleles are the same, we say that the person is homozygous for that gene. So we talked about some earlobes before. Let's have another look at those. So if the allele for a free earlobe is E, capital E, so it's dominant, and the allele for an attached earlobe is little e, so it's recessive, what would the earlobe of a person with the genotype capital E, little, lowercase e, be like? So this person is heterozygous because they have two different alleles. And this means that the dominant trait will be observed and so they'll have a free earlobe, which is the dominant one. And this all, But this assumes that the environment has not interfered. If you're looking for somewhere to revise all your subjects and learn two times faster for free, then go to SenecaLearning.com and sign up now. It's free to sign up and start learning, so go to SenecaLearning.com or click the link in the bio to revise all of your exam subjects for free. And don't forget to review and subscribe to help more people find this podcast and help them with their revision.